Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and we both wish you a happy Independence Day. Episode 180, July 4th, 2020. We have a bit of a lighter show for you as opposed to last week, which was chock full. We're essentially, we're just going to be catching up with each other before we go right into our topic of the day, which is... The Sea of Thieves Haunted Shores content update, which you can fast forward to if you look at the detailed timestamps in the section below. Steve, you're a sight for scurvy eyes over there. Oh, scurvy eyes, I'd say, yeah. That, that's, that's really pretty. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what scurvy eyes uh, looks like or feels gross. like. I imagine it's probably worse than pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine it's worth than a lot of things, Russ. Your eyes are probably falling out of your head. You know? Yes. I, you know, you should actually Google what exactly is scurvy eyes now that we're talking I about I don't it. think there is such a thing as scurvy eyes. There's a well, thing. How, as, how do you know? There, there's a, okay, fine. You should take a look. There's a thing. There is scurvy. But it ain't with the eyes. I'm banking it's not on the eyes. I mean, what if scurvy affected the body differently? I mean, it might make the coronavirus just look like a sneeze. Ugh. Speaking of which, <laughs> somebody was sneezed the other day when I was at the store, and I and everybody looked at uh, at him, and he was like, "I got my mask on." <laughs> oh, he had a mask on. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, true." Nice. Symptoms and complications associated with long-term untreated scurvy include severe jaundice, which is yellowing of the skin and eyes. Generalized pain, tenderness, and swelling, hemolysis, lysis, lysis. Whatever it is, doesn't sound fun. (laughs) A type of uh, anema where red blood cells (gasps) break down. Mm. Well, okay, so perhaps it's more of an annoyance than uh, something horrible. Right. Well, I must say, Steve. Mm -hmm. I must say. That's what I thought you'd say. I must say. It is a glorious time to be able to be in your presence. Well, Russ, you woke me up and you brought me here in the morning, which is totally opposite of what we always do. And so I'm here and uh, it is a joyous thing to see you, but it ain't so joyous not to be able to squeeze you and slap you around a little bit. I, I, I got here. And it was like, air hugs, air hugs, guys, air hugs, air kisses. I'm like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> this ain't going to work. I know, Steve. I know. I wish I could dig my meat hooks into you. Mm. Wish I could give you a slap on the rump. Mm. A little good game. A little, little good game. A little good game. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe after uh, a few beers or something, maybe we'll forget our... <sighs> Social distancing ways. Let's feed the castles. I gotta say, the mosquito situation has been a little more intense this season. Have you noticed that? Mm, they're hungry. They're starving. They're not. There's not as many people out that can suck on. Exactly. And so when they see somebody like. Case in point, yesterday, oh boy, I went out to the front yard because we were doing yard work. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, we have like brand new mulch in the front yard. I must have missed it. Oh, well, 
the mulch is mulchiness. It's, it's good. But I was only out there for, I would say, a couple of minutes. I got bit four times. Mm. And this is in the daytime. Normally, this kind of thing, I would say, happens in the evening. But uh, I think you're onto something there, Steve. I think that... They're adapting. Well, I, I think that the, their numbers have grown because there probably aren't as many cars out on the roads. So everybody's working from home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how we go across the bridge and normally, like, you know when it's like bug season because your entire car on the front is just caked with uh, who knows Nasty. what. It's like a, <laughs> a huge Mortal Kombat fatality by the time you get to the other side of the bridge. Oh gosh. But I don't think that's the case as much. And so, uh, yeah, I got a bit... Bridge-ality. <laughs> Bridge-ality. I also, uh, when I was looking at my daughter, she had uh, a fun, like, outdoor social distancing play date. Mm. And she got bit, I kid you not, 15 times. <sighs> We're counting all the poor welts on her body there. Are you sure it's not chicken pox? I'm very sure, Steve. I'm very sure indeed. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because, like, there are certain ones that are itchier than others. And I, I can attest to this, Steve. It's like there are certain ones that just, you know, they're on your body and they don't really itch all that much and they kind of go away. But there are these certain ones that just like, man, they are pre persistent in terms of wanting to be scratched. You know what's really scratchier, though? It's not mosquito bites, I've learned. It's fire ants. Have you been bitten by fire ants, Steve? Uh, not this year, but... Uh, yes, one year. I actually, I think it was the year before last. <laughs> I was outside do also doing yard work, but I thought it was a sandal kind of a day, you know, sandal and flip flops. <laughs> so I'm out there, bare skinned and all, just doing yard work. work. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I feel this slight little stings. And I'm like, you know what? That's probably just the grass. It's probably the grass that <laughs> the I need to mow. The grass is just tickling me. It's tickling yeah, me. Yeah, it's tickling me. The grass is tickling me. I'll just move. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm just done anyway. And so I, I did see a very small ant like run away. I'm like, okay, yeah, little, I kind of gave him a little flick. <laughs> I'll catch you later. <laughs> and uh, so I went inside. Everything was fine. And then later on that night, I think we were playing uh, some uh, Sea of Thieves again. Right? Mm. Ah. And then my ankle started really itching, and uh, it didn't stop itching. And it was kind of the itch that uh, I mean, it didn't burn necessarily, but I mean, I I was itching it, and then it started to hurt because I itched it so much. Oh. And then um, you itched it or you scratched it? Well, on my. It's the same thing. <laughs> the two really do I go was, hand was, in hand, <laughs> don't they? So then, the, I mean, in my ankle was kind of, and it wasn't swollen up, but it was definitely starting to swell. And uh, no, th th and those did not go away for a while. Mm. I mean, it, it was a, it was a minute before those all. Went. And then, I think they're, they're aren't they like really tiny? Like yeah. these little dinky welts. Yeah, it's right where they they were like, <laughs> <they're> like ah, <laughs> get off me. It's been boots out in the yard from then on. <laughs> <laughs> you walk out like your bubble boy suit. Come on. <laughs> Give me your best shot. Actually, I saw a couple of, of ant mounds uh, in the lawn this last weekend. And I thought, not this time, guys. <laughs> and so I grabbed like the ant spray and I put my boots on and I did like a hopscotch jump, jump, jump dance on their mound. And um, <laughs> take this. <laughs> this is for me. In 2018. 
So, uh, Try real rebuilding that. Uh, so <laughs> I sprayed him and I jumped on him and then I ran in the house with my arms flailing just to be sure I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't want to get bit again. <laughs> you did the whole like Girl Scout squeal when you ran back in and you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I went, <laughs> once I got inside to look at my wife, I put the, the deep voice back on. Hey babe, what's up? Yeah. <gasps> Took care of the insects outside. <laughs> <laughs> Fear not. You are safe. <laughs> One of the other issues that I've been having is there is a, a surge in the wasp slash hornet population, mm. which again, like I kind of have like certain years where there's more and other years when there's less. And this year in particular for me, I mean, they just keep buzzing around. I've had to have mm. pest control come out on yeah. a couple of occasions and Russ, try and deal with it. You don't need pest control for that. Just go to, just go to Home Depot, not sponsored. <laughs> and <laughs> buy yourself a can of hornet spray. All you do is you walk out there at night, because they're less active at night, and you spray those bastards. And you can spray them from like 15, 20 feet away. I've done this. Well, well, well see, the problem, though, is that oftentimes they, I can't find like where their nest is. There, there's Well, that know, is the, important. The, the rare instance, oh man, there was one in particular where, so on the side of my house, to give everybody a visual, I have a couple of windowsill areas as anyone would on the side of their house. And there's like that side paneling, you know, that layered paneling thing. And somehow the wasps had gotten in between the, the paneling itself. And, and I think where it was starting to create some sort of uh, super hive. Okay. So it was, it was pretty, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say interesting. And I and, and actually, when I had the pest guy come out, he came over. He's like, "Whoa! I don't know how I'm gonna deal with that," which always instills confidence. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I guess you're not getting paid today, there, Shachi. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up coming out twice, and I'm telling you, there were like 30 of them, like flying around, and just I mean, we're thinking, to myself, how how do they even fit in there? Like, how, how do you even get like mud and debris and everything else to, in order to build your superstructure in a, a space that's small? But well, when you're small and you have nothing else better to do, <laughs> grab mud from somewhere and put it back on the house all day long. That's right. Yeah, that, that's as Marty McFly, not Marty McFly, Daddy McFly would say. Oh, you put your mind to it. You can accomplish anything. Oh, that's right. That's very true. Right? Even, even if your mind is about the size of a pin. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the motivation of the hive. It's insane. But yeah, my house has always been some sort of magnet for the wasps or you know yellow jackets or whatever it is. I, were you here that, that one year when I had that huge hive up here on the second floor. Yes. It was out right outside that window. And you yeah. look out there, they were like 50 of them, like all. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Had to knock that one down too. Right. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. What have you been up to, Steve? What have you been playing? Mm-hmm. I, I know that it has been a productive time for us over the past week in terms of getting you set up also with streaming. Right. That was a, but just basically on the PlayStation. Yeah, that's true. Well, didn't we get you on uh, Twitch for Xbox? I think it was just the PlayStation. I'll, I'll, I'll try it again, but I, I think it was just that. Cause I remember going back there 
No, you're right. It was for okay. the Xbox because that Xbox was on one day. PlayStation was on the other day. Exactly. And I know that we had problems in the past where we were trying to get you on Xbox and it didn't work, but I'm pretty sure you are good to go now on both platforms. So that's good because we want to be able to do our streaming uh, on as many channels as possible, and we're looking into seeing how we can simultaneously broadcast uh, properly. But, I, I mean, I, I feel encouraged. Don't you, Steve? I do, especially when uh, we actually had a viewer pop in while we were doing our test. test. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, everybody. This is not going to be long nor entertaining. This is just a test. I apologize. <laughs> Indeed. What do you all see, man? Have you been playing anything, Russ, Steve? What, what have you been doing? The only thing I've been playing is, is Sea of Thieves with you, and I'll play a round of Legends of Runeterra at night before I go to bed. Or, as well you should, Steve. Or like as in one round, maybe five. Mm-hmm. And... Ten rounds later? Ten mm-hmm. rounds Very later. Right. Yeah, no. That's not definitely not ten Have you later. tried the new gauntlet mode? No. Actually, I was going to ask you, what what are the little expedition tokens? Okay, so there is a section of the game that I believe is, it's like called ranked or something mm. like that. But essentially, you earn the expedition tokens like when the, the loot box thing opens up on a weekly basis, like every Tuesday or something like that. Okay. So it's more of a high stakes thing, but the idea is that you you compete against other players like you normally would. Hmm. The key difference, though, is that they have what's called drafting. There's a drafting feature that essentially, like when you go in to play that game mode, you can draft. I'm I think like any character you want from any region. You know how, how typically if you play the the normal game mode, you have like two regions max that you can draw and create a deck from. This one, it's like the sky's the limit. You, I think you have a, a max of like 40 cards like you always do, but then you can just, it's literally you're drafting uh, different cards that you'd like to put in there. And then you, um, it's, it's similar to the gauntlet in the sense that there's a, there's a series of matches that you do. And you can only lose twice, I think, before you lose the ability to compete in, uh, in the, the whatever it is, the rank mode i want to say mm. so so anyway it's high stakes but if you win you get a ton of experience oh. and the longer you last the more experience begins to compound upon itself mm-hmm. i have not been very good at it so i tend not to play that mode but i'm still i mean i've actually amassed a pretty good size of uh expedition tokens just because i'd never play it so, right like it kind of spooked me when i when i tried it the first time because all of a sudden it was like Oh, if you lose one more time and you can't play this anymore, I'm like, oh. And so I, I stopped it. But, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then after I did some more research, I was like, oh, gotcha. Okay. But it is. <laughs> it went from oh to oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like, whoa. And then whoa. And then I was like, whoa. But anyway, that's what it is. I think that Gauntlet is kind of more of a streamlined version of that where it, you don't have to worry about the drafting at all. You just use your decks, but then what's maintained is like, oh, you have like, I think seven matches that you have to try and make your way through. And again, I think the experience continues to stack as you win match after match. It's wow. something that I have not done yet, Steve, but I want to do actually. I want right. to give it a shot. Give it a try. Maybe when we have better cards, or at least myself. I would say you you probably have been amassing a, a pretty decent collection at this point because you've been playing on a consistent basis and 
you know, there's there's been those drops of. Well, okay, for you, for me, you've been having the Tuesday drops, which unlock all mm-hmm. those chests that you've been earning. Mm-hmm. But then you also have a, probably a lot of the additional loot boxes from the different regions. And by the way, Steve. Have you been exercising the correct approach to unlocking those loot boxes from the different regions? Is there an approach? There is, Steve. What is it? Okay, so the way I understand it is you have to um, treat where your experience level is at within any given region as a group of four in terms of the levels, right? Because you you go from level one to level two, level three, level four, and so on. I think there's like a max of like, what? 26 levels or something like that. I can't remember. I think it's like 26 levels per region. What you have to do Uh is when you get to level four within any region Uh is you need to activate a different region. Get out of the current region and go into another. So like if you're in Demacia, for example, and you get to like, you know, you've unlocked four of those like loot box thingies, right? You're at level four and you're going on to level five. (laughs) Then you need to go to like Noxus. Noxus. Which, if it was at level zero, then you, then you start going to level four, make your way to level four, and then stop at Noxus. Then you go to Ionia, and you do, and you rinse and repeat. And what happens is apparently is that the the amount of experience you get, it get it you get a whole lot more, and it's a whole lot easier to unlock stuff. And then once all regions have hit level four, then you go from level four to level eight. It's that whole rule of four thing. And you rinse and repeat that. And then, you know, you quickly, very quickly unlock a lot of loot boxes that way. I'll have to go back and check. Now, I just get rewards and open up stuff and keep on going. (laughs) Yeah, I would highly recommend you do that because I've been doing that and I don't have everything unlocked as of yet. But I'm pretty sure I think for me... Most of the regions that I'm in, I think they're pretty much like around level 18 now, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, which is great because the lower end levels, you just level up that much quicker. Mm. So you'll be able to unlock more cards that way. More cards. And as you know, Steve, more cards equals more fun factor. More cards equals higher fun factor. <laughs> Have you been enjoying yourself with Legends of Runeterra there, Steve? Yeah, I have. I still wish that your uh, your Nexus, n- not to be confused with Noxus. <laughs> I wish there was more points because the cooler stuff happens when you get the higher cards, but you only get the higher cards later in the rounds. And the later rounds are, are there when you're basically about to game over. You know? It's very true. I don't really know what the correct I know. remedy is. I know you don't know. But I, I understand because there, there are moments where all of a sudden more of the epic cards are unleashing mm. their fury. Mm. And you, you kind of want to see more of right. the chaos and the mayhem. And the right. Feeling of absolute power. So I haven't been playing a whole lot of God of War because when I play God of War, I stay up later. And then it turns out we have a meeting the next day, always. <laughs> and, and, then, and you're presenting? And then, yeah. And then I forget to do a PowerPoint presentation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, crap. Let's do it today. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you so, walk in dressed like uh, Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, uh, happy Thursday. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach today. 
<laughs> do don't, I have, don't mind the axe. Do I have your attention? <laughs> I thought you I'm, might like my face paint. I didn't bring a coffee cup. I brought the coffee pitcher. And I am really, mo- I'm buzzing right now. <laughs> Motivated. <laughs> uh, so I'm more like Kratos acting like Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live, trying to motivate the uh, the team. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to be it. Hmm. But so we, my wife and I did finish Luke Cage season two. Oh, good for you. And I will say it took it took half the season, which was pretty much crap, to the latter, the latter half of the season, which is very, very good. Mm. Uh, but they're not making Luke Cage's anymore, Russ. Actually, Netflix is not making any more Marvel stuff anymore. Ever since good old Disney mm-hmm. bought the rights, nothing else. So Go on Disney Plus. After this, well, out of... <laughs> I don't think Disney Plus is going to carry all the Netflix stuff. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but I was going to say, for any of your Marvel needs. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I'll save those for the theater. The theater. Okay, if they still exist. <laughs> Let's see. Which one hasn't gone bankrupt yet? Um, <laughs> I'm looking for a big dark room. Yeah. Amazing or, sound. Or and a j- big screen. <laughs> uh, just to drive through, I can plug in some headphones. <laughs> <laughs> My car is quite comfortable. Oh, man. I don't like to spill popcorn. Drive-thru. I meant drive-in theater. Like, you know, back in the day. I like to go to a drive-out theater. Wait. <laughs> I like to watch them in from a rearview mirror, you know? <laughs> it's kind of challenging, but it's I like welcome I pay it. for my ticket, and then I drive away <laughs> as the movie's playing. It's very interesting. Now, um, I did also finish Midway. Uh, yes. That is the Peter Jackson film? Uh, I don't think Peter Jackson directed this one. Who directed Midway's? Oh, you know what? Let me just... You watch the movie and you don't know who directed it. I finished it like a few days ago. I don't remember that, Russ. (laughs) Let's see. I have it whipped up on MDIB. (laughs) Director Roland Emmerich. Oh, yes. Oh, you don't know who he is. He is the director of Independence Day, Steve. Our Independence Day! We should play that at the beginning of the show. What the soundtrack to Independence Day, or just the uh, just that one monologue scene? <laughs> so Today we celebrate our Independence Day. So Ed Screen is in it. That's the guy with he has the really strong kind of British accent. He's the uh, guy. Yeah, you know who he is. Right? You, you, weren't weren't you telling me that was the same actor from Deadpool? Yeah. Mm, see, you know, Steve. Despite what you may think, I actually do listen. <laughs> or um, he was in also the 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 latter seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh, I did not know that. <clears throat> Game of incest. <laughs> uh, Game of sin. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Patrick Wilson's in it. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore is friggin' in it. Russ. Oh. Um, Hello, Mandy. Dennis Quaid. It wasn't Dennis? Was it? No, ah. no, that was Randy Quaid who was in um, Independence Day. Wasn't it Randy Quaid? Is it Dennis Quaid? Didn't he get married recently? Russ, I don't read the tabloids. I think Dennis Quaid got hitched recently to some sort of 27-year-old. Oh. 
And he's man. in his 60s or something. A happy man. <laughs> Unhappy woman. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe they're just and totally in bliss. Who knows? But that is uh, sounds like a typical Hollywood marriage. I'm like so in love. Yeah. He's the man of my dreams. <laughs> so it's his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Aaron Eckhart is also in it for us. Oh. Aaron Eckhart. Oh, a fan of the Eckhart. Um, so anyway, now that movie was the right after Pearl Harbor. It was mm. between December and June. Mm-hmm. That take place, Russ. And Midway was the island that the that our boys. It was like a. That was like a like <laughs> our boys with their toys. Our boys with them toys. On their way over to Japan, that was a, that the name of the island. They would just land there and refuel small air base. <laughs> uh, it's like, called Midway, Russ, oh because God. it was midway between us <laughs> could totally see and that. Japan. They look at the map like, I'll tell you what, boys. <laughs> we're exactly midway between the United States and Japan. Henceforth, we're going to be calling this island Midway. <laughs> Has a nice ring to it, wouldn't you agree? Johnson, you're a brilliant man and a scholar. Back when transatlantic accents were <laughs> the cat's meow. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he talks like that. Come here, darling. <laughs> Let's step it up a little bit. You never catch me, see? <laughs> oh, gosh. So you liked the movie, though? You thought it was good? Yeah, the movie was pretty good, Russ. I mean, it, it, it's your war movie. But I mean, it's like a, it's a PG thirteen movie, so I mean, you're not gonna get, uh, you're not gonna tear up, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see limbs getting blown yeah, off, yeah, you're not gonna see limbs getting blown off, people's intestines hanging out, people trails, for like, mama, yeah, somebody jumping rope on his intestine, you know, somebody you're getting going, stabbed in yeah, the chest, eyeball hanging out of his head, oh, I can't see anything, freedom, ah, it's terrible, mm. that is really terrible, mm-hmm. um, but no, you're not gonna see any of that, <laughs> you're not gonna see any of that, Russ. Well, that's good, Steve. Anything else? That'll do it. Mm. Well, Steve, you know, in addition to Legends of Ruterra, which I have been enjoying quite a bit, and uh, by the by, I never see you online. What I never is see up you online with that. I keep looking at my friends. I'm like, is he on? No, he's not. Oh, is he on? No, he's not. I'm not sure what the deal is there, Steve. Mm-hmm. Not sure what the dealio is, but you know, I, I want to play with you in that game some more. Some more. Well, I, I'm guessing you were on maybe earlier than I am. Maybe. I mean, I'm on that game quite a freaking bit. Uh, I'm not. Well, I'm. I'm not on that much. And Nick is also very hard to find as well. Both of you. Both of you blokes. Very hard to uh, spot when uh, I'm on there, and like I said, I mean, I'm I'm, on, I'm playing the game an awful lot. Not sure where you are. I think it ghosted me. I always check the top right corner. <laughs> there ain't no one ever online. Of course, you're the only one on my friends list, so uh, it says one or nothing. Oh, well, it's good to know that just just for future reference. <laughs> My internet issues, by the way, have returned. I have found that to be true. What the heck? I know. What is that about? I know. You know, I I, I bought the Nighthawk and everything was fantastic Not there for a Nighthawk. while. Not at all. 
And then I don't know what's going on, but like we've been having a lot of the the internet mm. choke, as it were. You know, like we're suddenly the, you the don't web say. pages aren't loading as quickly, the movies aren't loading as quickly. It's just like what? Is, and every time I do this, you know, they have a little speed test. Like, oh yeah, go ahead and try the speed test. See how good your connection is. And then I go and I do it. And it's like, oh, yeah, man, you are just lightning fast. You should be able to stream multiple platforms in 4K. I'm like, I can't even watch a YouTube video in 1080p. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, well, how much do you get? Let me ask ask you, if you do a speed test. Okay, you did a speed test recently. Well, what did it say? Uh, uh, Allow me to, uh, I will bring it up for you here. See, this is the Nighthawk app, Mm -hmm. which is quite nice. It's it's good to be able to go in. There we go. We're just detecting product. If I go to internet speed here, my download is 939.45 megabytes per second. Or megabits per second. I always get the confused with megabytes or megabits. Anyway, MBPS. And then my upload speed is 943.52 MBPS. So as you can see, so if you it shouldn't be a problem because uh, I have a gigabit connection. So if you go to like fast.com, I think that's what Netflix uses. Oh, Something independent than the equipment company that you have. Uh-huh. Will it say something different or will it stay the same? Well, well, I could check it right now, I suppose. So I bring this up because recently, as in like the last few months, I think I was talking about it on the show, I had internet issues as well. And there wasn't no Sahara dust cloud that was forming over us either. And AT&T came out. No, it's one's about AT&T. And <laughs> they said, oh, well... Yeah, you're you're not going to get really anything faster than 300 to 400 megabits per second because of where you are. And I went, wait a minute, hold on a second. I'm paying, as in dad's paying, for <laughs> the 1,000 megabyte package. Why am I paying for the 1,000 megabyte package that AT&T sold me for my area? And if you're you, Mr. Technician, which I thank you for being honest. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Are only telling me I'm never going to get any more than 400. That's like that's like not even half of what I'm paying for. He goes, yeah, I don't have to tell you. It's the same at my place. I'm like, ah, that's not False right. False advertising. And what does it say on Fast.com? Well, Fast.com says 280 oh. MBPS. So it's just, <laughs> it's just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. That is a doozy there, Russ. I mean, is that like the number that you get? Yeah, I get about like around there. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. Uh, I do think that the whole work from home thing that a lot of people are doing is probably clogging up the uh, pipes, as it were, well. when it comes from stuff was. You know, in addition to people d- doing their work, they're probably also well, watching yes. a whole lot more Netflix and that sort of thing. A lot more streaming, a lot of more... Z- oh, you know what? A lot more Zooming, as a matter of fact. Everybody's like, hey, we got to have a meeting about a meeting about a meeting. Everybody, get on a Zoom right now. <laughs> Everybody in their neighborhoods. I'm like, I don't know. We're all on Zoom and everyone's Wi-Fi is slow. Not, I don't know about Could you. this be the, the culprit? Hey, Frank, are you? do you feel like you're Zooming? Because I feel like I'm crawling over here. There's not a whole lot of Zoom. Zoom going on. It's like a one frame a second. I don't know what's happening. I will say, though, I'm very grateful to the company of Zoom because of their platform. It has made it a whole lot easier to be able to get through this difficult time. Total change of subject, by the way, Steve. I was talking to our good old friend Brad this morning, and he had some exciting news in the realm of baseball cards. 
I think I saw him tweet something about that. Well, he had a tweet that actually is starting to blow up, actually, on oh. the, the Twitter sphere here. Um, what's interesting about the situation is, so he he's an avid baseball fan. Oh, is he? He loves going to baseball games. Does he like the Giants or the Dodgers? Well, that's a uh, that's a good question. Oh. I actually can't answer that, Steve. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I don't. I don't know because no one likes the A's anymore, Russ. I like the A's. <laughs> I am an Oakland A's fan, even though, I mean, okay, to be fair, like, I haven't really uh, Russ, been, like, a hardcore a, fan You never wear decades. a hat. You don't have a jersey. You don't have I will have underwear. You know, I have pictures of myself when I was a wee lad wearing an Oakland A's hat, along with plenty of pins. Okay. Yeah. And pins in the hat, by the way. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, uh, he had some exciting news where, so... He continues to collect the baseball cards. And if you recall, like there was a point in time, like way back in the day where like there were certain like baseball cards and even some football cards that were pretty penny. Sure. And then they just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. It it, it imploded. Ah. And apparently that's still kind of sort of the case, but Mm -hmm. there are like, I don't know. Apparently they have like these subsects of the cards themselves that are worth more. Mm hmm. Like a Jose Canseco? <clears throat> well, from the old days, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, what, what's crazy is, so he went and he bought a couple of these boxes. It's it's called the Sapphire Collection, Steve. Uh-huh. And it's it's produced by Tops. And, of course it is. And you know, Tops is a, it's yeah. a, it's a good brand. Right. I, I remember collecting it back when I was into the whole thing. I just remember the bubble gum. That bubble gum <laughs> was the worst. <laughs> You, you and, and it didn't matter. I still popped it in, just excited. I got a strip of gum, and that that stuff felt like it was like fifty years old. Like, or mm, bubble gum. Oh, I think I just chipped a tooth. I think I'm chewing on cardboard. <laughs> anyway, uh, he got two cards in particular. Um, one was a what's what I mean, they, they called a Bowman, which is it's I believe it's Jason Dominguez Bowman. Mm. And it has uh, his autograph on the card. And then the other one is, uh, I believe, Witt Jr. And what's crazy about this is that apparently just the one card. Steve, how much do you think? $5,000. Well, let's let's start with uh, the Bowman card. So you say $5,000. More. (laughs) I'm going to go up by $7,000. Uh, more. Uh, about twelve thousand. More. Oh, twenty. You are getting within the realm, oh. but these cards are selling between uh, on average. They're selling for Honda Civics. Essentially, like they are selling between twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars for that one mm. card. And then the wit is going for around seventy five hundred. So he he's got something in the vicinity of about thirty thousand mm, dollars. Look at that. So is he going to sell them or is he going to hold on to them? So he's going to go get them graded. He's expediting the uh, the whole process and that so that right. way it's official and everything else. But he has like he, his tweet has actually started catching fire. It's like his fifteen minutes of fame, oh. where uh, he's already been receiving offers and whatnot for the cards. But he ended up. I think he spent like three hundred bucks on like these two boxes of baseball cards that are part of the Sapphire Collection thing. But there's no guarantee, obviously, of what you're going to find. Mm. It's that whole discovery thing, Steve. It brings me back to being a kid and going yeah. and getting certain cards. That's gonna take an effect on his gamer score, Russ. His Xbox. <laughs> 
gamer score is going to take a hit. Anyway, I'm extremely excited for him. I think it's awesome that he he gets to do this. And he was telling me about how like there are even other types of cards that are, people are offering. Like for this NBA, uh, let's see, for it's a Zion rookie card. They're offering like five hundred thousand dollars for that card right there. Wow. So who's they? Just uh, avid sports fans. You have folks. I <laughs> Steve had a uh, moment of I don't know what that was, and that was back. me being rabid. Oh, <laughs> very nice. I like that. Anyway, I mean, how exciting is that? I mean, that that's kind of one of the things that if you're like a baseball card collector, sure. you always wish that like you could like find some sort of card that is worth some real yeah. cashola. Hey, and he has he had not one but two of them mm. that he found in there, so. Be interesting to see if he decides to hold on to them for a while, or or if he's going to wheel and deal right away. But uh, congrats to uh, Bradley on that. It's it's I don't know. I like stories like that, especially when you know the person. Mm. You know, you get to to find out about some sort of exciting thing like that that happened. Anyway, I'm just saying if there were, did they do NFL cards? I mean, I'm guessing they, they do. do. Yeah, you know what? I got a, I got five dollars, a nice shiny crisp five dollar <laughs> bill for a good quality Joe Montana. Oh, they, but they've got tons you know, of Joe Montana cards nah, out there. I got a five smackers for you. I wonder, actually... Put the word out. You know, while we're on this topic, I wonder if we have some sort of local, like, you know, baseball cards, sports shops somewhere <laughs> in the area. I, I've never We're looked. not going to go there. They're going to be like, hey, what's your team? The good... Um, <laughs> the bad boys. <laughs> Get out of my shop. <laughs> well, you know, if you want a Joe Montana card, Steve, that's the only thing to do. But, you know, I don't know. For some reason, I'm I'm in the mood to just kind of to just take a, a browsing, take a look around, take a little look-see. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm not exactly into the whole baseball card thing anymore because I just, I haven't been, uh, you know, directly involved in the sports arena mm. for decades. But it you know, doesn't mean I can't appreciate. Right. You know what I mean? I don't like to hate. I like to appreciate. Twinkle, twinkle, Steve. Twinkle, twinkle. Mm. Anyway, I was also playing some Overwatch, which was... Um, <laughs> oh, is this you digressing? No, no, I'm changing uh, topics. Oh, okay. I've, I figure... I mean, like, we can keep talking about that no, if you like. No. Uh, but anyway, I was playing some uh, some Overwatch. I believe I played a little teensy-weensy bit with you. Uh, but anyway, it's been fun to be able to kind of get caught up. It's interesting to me because games like Sea of Thieves and Overwatch, they have a pretty regular schedule of content updates. And so for you and I, like there's, you know, I would say it's fair of me to give ourselves an analysis where we just, we kind of got burned out playing Overwatch there for a while. We also got burned out playing Sea of Thieves there for a while because that's, I mean, we were, we've already logged hundreds of hours into these games and then we, we just kind of started feeling stale. So we went away for a while and then we come back and then suddenly it's like in Overwatch, there are certain levels that I've never seen before. And I mean, the characters for the most part I'm familiar with, but I mean, the roster has consistently grown and I think it's a, a testament to the strong art direction because each one of the characters is really appealing, really cool, all that fun stuff. And then when it comes to Sea of Thieves, which we'll talk about in a bit here, 
they also have been making several updates to the game. And I, I don't think you and I have, uh, have really picked the surface mm. when it comes to a lot of this stuff. But I also watched, I, you know, I, I, speaking of Disney plus, I haven't been watching too much of that because I've just been a busy man and I kind of forgot I actually owned it. <laughs> but I got back into it again and they have, I, I must say, I have to applaud Disney when it comes to their documentaries, Steve. Hmm. They have actually had a, a nice regular dropping of various documentaries as it applies to their parks or different movies or shows or employee life at the studio. I, I just, I really like their roadmap, so to speak of how they're giving uh, viewers the opportunity to peel back the curtain and see. And it's, it's really done well. The production value is great. So I ended up watching into the unknown. If you recall from the frozen two movie, Steve, it's called into the unknown, the making of frozen two. And what's mm. really cool is that it's not like your typical into the unknown. There you go. I, I appreciate the vibrato at the end there, Steve. Thank you. Anyway, it was really cool to watch. I haven't finished watching it because it's it's actually quite long. Uh, but I really like the style at which they're doing this. They're interviewing different employees. It just it doesn't have just this like super high level thing. And they actually drill down a bit into more of the folks who are responsible for some of the blockbusters that we all know and love, Steve. Mm. In fact. I need to have you. No. Come over. No. With your Mickey Mouse t-shirt. No. And sit with me. It doesn't fit anymore. And <laughs> COVID happened. I want you to uh, also wear your goofy hat from the 80s with the teeth sticking out of the bill. Mm -hmm. And I want you to watch some of these programs that we do. Not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure there are many, many more Jeff Goldblum episodes that we need to watch and get creeped out over. Uh, uh, well, yes, well, COVID happens. So uh, I, I, I get touch. I, I, I just can't uh, abide by the, uh, the six foot rule. Uh, <laughs> I like to massage. Everything. I mean, what if uh, what if you're a, a celebrity? Uh, and, uh, I like to I, uh, feel. I like to touch and massage. Grope. <laughs> I just like to be close to everything and yeah. everything. Uh, it's, it's uh, really why? Why? Why are doing this? It's happening. Anyway, uh, but yeah, other than that, I think that's pretty much all that is new with me. I've just been kind of ping ponging back and forth between those two titles. Well, screw on your hook and your peg leg. It's time for our topic of the day. Topic of the day is the Sea of Thieves Haunted Shores content update. It dropped a couple of weeks ago, and we were actually checking it out during our Wednesday night stream, with which, by the way, you can tune into at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. 
But uh, this was actually a, a surprise to us because we hadn't played the game in a while and it wasn't like we were keeping close tabs on all the different things that have been transpiring within the game as of late. However, here and there, we have been playing with uh, Nick, AKA Big Baby Moose, as well as his wife. And we have been noticing um, quite a bit of additions to the game. And I'm very curious, before we kind of get into the Haunted Shores part of it, Steve, what are, what are your uh, impressions and, uh, slash opinions of some of the other stuff that they have added to the game? Mm. Like, for instance, the pets. I, I don't think you've bought a pet yet. I have not. Definitely not have bought a pet. But they're there, and that's like one of the real kind of microtransactions they have in the game. So you can actually use real coin to oh, buy. Real coin. Real coin. What, what about the in-game gold that you harvest forever no. and ever and ever? <clears throat> no. You can't buy them no, with the, no, the in-game no, gold? No, no, no. Can't use the in-game gold, Russ. You can't even use the blooms. You got to buy it with something else. You know, I have, I have a lot of doubloons. Do ya? I need to spin. You know, so here's my conflict with the, the uh, diploma, Steve. I know that the farther I get, because neither one of us has gotten to what, what is it called, like master pirate mode, or legendary. What? Legendary. Thank you. Everything's got to be legendary nowadays. Well, you're very legendary to tell me, Steve. I know. Thank you. But anyway, the closer that I level up toward the legendary status, the harder it becomes and the more of a grind fest it becomes. So it's like, on the one hand, it's like I'd like to use them now and spend them on leveling up, but I know I'm doing myself a disservice for the final grouping of levels that I need to get past in order to achieve legendary mode. Right. So I don't know what to do. You know what would be nice? I just, just, just a quick thought, Russ. You know the merchant quests take freaking forever because you got to find a certain chicken, a certain snake, a certain pig, and you don't really know what island's going to have what until you get there, uh -huh. and you can wander around looking for what you're looking for. It would be nice to take some notes in-game. No, I mean, you could always take notes. You can have a, your Sea of Thieves notebook and write everything down, but it would be nice to take some notes on a map so you know what island has a bunch of what? You know? So you know what? You don't have to sail. Because that's what takes too How much would you time. write, though, Steve? Because it's a console game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, how, I know. How would you make... Well, perhaps perhaps they could uh, have some sort of uh, iconography library yes, that you could use. They could figure it out. I mean, all the, the, the other... Oh, sorry. Oh, what was that? I heard some screaming in my ear there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they have... The, the other quests, they tell you where to go and what you're looking for. Mm. So you, they either have the island and a little, like, X mark, and so you know where you're, you got to go and where to dig. Or if you're doing the skulls, you know what island you're supposed to go to and find, like, the, the dead pirate. So they, they tell you what that is, but then with, when you have the merchant stuff, they just don't tell you. And so you have to kind of meander about until you find it. And that's why the merchant stuff takes friggin' forever, and it's always the last bit before you actually can get to the legendary pirate side. It's always the last one, and people end up spending their doubloons on the, the merchant quest so that they don't have to do it. 
That makes sense. Yes, it does. Because I like, much. I I really enjoy the Order of Souls quests. Because I mean, do you? Yeah. No. I like being able to go and, and uh, hunt down some undead skeletons. Sure. I think I think it's a lot of fun. And even the gold. I mean, I will say, you know, it's fun to be able to go treasure hunting. But yeah, the merchant thing does kind of get a little old. I I now that you're talking about, it, I recall a lot of that. Yes. But anyway, uh, were, were there any other things before we get into this that you find neat, cool, engaging? It's actually, there's, there, so this is how, I mean, we always say this when there's an update, how all this stuff should have been in the game before. Yes. I feel like we're going to talk more about that too uh, once we get into the Haunted Shores. But yeah, totally So agree. yeah, after you, you haven't played the game for, for a couple months and you come back, you're like, ah, oh, this place is a nice place to be. Oh, little sounds and fishing in the water, slapping sure. up against the hole in the wind and the islands and the, you know, the beauty, it's always nice. And then you just put it down back again. You're like, okay, well, play something else. And a couple months later, there'll be something new. And it's always like, okay, I'm looking forward to the next couple months because it'll be different. And then you play it for a little bit and then you've already done it. Mm. And so like, you're, you're kind of done mm. after that until the next couple months. I totally agree. I think, you know, when it comes to when we come back in the, or come back into this game uh, or return to this game, return to this game, right? It's probably some, uh, a little more uh, <clears throat> grammar uh, correct correctness. I can't talk. Anyway, I have the same exact thought when it comes to this because I wish that all of this was in when the game launched because then there there would just be so much to do, right? And you, I'm mean, granted. Like I said earlier, we have put a lot of hours into this game overall. And I think that at its core, the the, the, the base gameplay mechanics are rock solid. I and mean, we've we've maintained that. We've talked about it several times. It is a really fun thing, but it was such a skeleton of a game. And now it's at the point where there are a lot of different things that enrich the overall experience. And there, and there are so many different... I guess events that transpire or different types of, of interactivity um, that that you can have. Like, I mean, e even such things as like, like we had a situation last night where the the mast got uh, taken down, which we hadn't experienced before. We had heard about it, but we hadn't experienced, and that was super cool because it just made it that much more tangible with the ship itself where it's not just like a three D model where you know it kind of sails on the water really well, and that's about it. Like, wow, like. There's a lot more things on here that can break. You know, the wheel was breaking. the The actual anchor uh, wheel thing can can get damaged as well. And I think it, there's just a lot more of a of an enjoyment factor with that. The one thing I'm not particularly happy about is the updated UI system when it comes to your inventory. Where, like, for instance, I can't get something to eat unless I pause. I hit the menu button. And I have to like select like a banana or something in order no, to eat it. You would hit no, you hit the wheel, the the shoulder button, right? And then you would arrow up to where it. So there is a food option, but if you want to get something exact, like you're like, oh, I don't want to eat a banana, I want to eat a coconut instead. Then mm. you have to yes, this, then you have to pause, or if you want to eat like your fish that you cooked, yeah. Then you have to pause and select. Otherwise, if you're just looking to, to eat something to refill your health, all you do is hold that shoulder, that left shoulder button down, and and it's the top one on the wheel, the inventory wheel, and then you're good to go. I'll have to take a look at that. You're good to go. Um, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that, Steve. I'm very <laughs> glad to hear you. So I have a video queued up. It's about four minutes long, and it's from uh, Rare Software. They have 
this this kind of overview of what all is included with Sea of Thieves Haunted Shores. So I thought it'd be good of us to watch this, take a look at it, be able to get the download on sure. just everything. So let's take a look. Prepare to defend the Sea of Thieves from fleets of shadowy specters with the arrival of our latest monthly update, Haunted Shores. As the devilish Captain Flameheart's power continues to grow, he's found a way to bridge the gap between the land of the living and the Sea of the Damned. In this new world event, players will have to face off against an armada of fearsome phantoms controlled by Flameheart himself. Face my flames! These ghost ships are more agile and deadly than any other foe you'll have faced on the seas and players will have to be ready to defend themselves against their powerful phantom cannonballs and fireballs. But that's not the only trick up their spectral sleeves. You'll need to watch out for their phantom mines. And the devastating Wraith cannonballs. Those with the skills to send these aggressive apparitions back to the Sea of the Damned will get to battle against Flameheart's flagship, the brutal Burning Blade. If you can overcome this challenge, not only will you score some spooky new loot, you'll also be able to grab some deadly Wraith cannonballs for yourself. Only the bravest pirates will succeed, but for those that are up for the challenge, battle hard and claim the Burning Blade sails for your ship. Players will also be able to start a ghost ship encounter on demand by grabbing a void from friendly tavern dweller Duke or from the Order of Souls. Defeat the ghost ship captains to claim their skulls and other valuable loot. Sail enough of these skulls to the Order of Souls and you'll earn the ghost captain sails. But it's not all so spooky this month. Over in the Pirate Emporium, we've got new emotes. Whether you want to heed the call of the wild or engage in some stealthier tactics, We've got you covered. There's also a new emote free of charge, which will help you show off your fanciest shovels in style. And the full blighted ship set is now available, complete with capstan, cannons, wheel, and the dazzling new collector's sails and collector's figurehead. Ugh, it's like they're reaching right for me. There's also some hauntingly excellent new ghost outfits for your pets exclusive to Athena 20 Legends. And to add a bit of bling to your adventures, there's the new oh-so-shiny Treasure Curse Collector's Pets. And then we've got some new events too. With Ashen Expeditions, every Tuesday any Ashen items that you cash in will be worth twice as much. So journey out to the Devil's Roar and lay claim to some valuable fiery loot. And in Shark Hunt, you're tasked with taking on the mighty Megalodon and sharks that prowl the Sea of Thieves. Cash in your cooked shark and megmeat with the Hunter's Call for increased gold and reputation rewards. And for those pirates with a song in their heart, you can now play the perfect shanty to enhance the moment with the new Shanty Selection Radial. Pick from a selection of new shanties, as well as your old favourites, and send the crowds wild. Ha! 
And we're not stopping there. There's improvements to the emissary ledger, new changes to the non-verbal communications radio, balancing, bug fixes, and much more. So it's time to ready for battle and defend the land of the living in the next Sea of Thieves monthly update, Haunted Shores. Shore. So a lot has dropped when it comes to this particular update, which makes me excited. I mean, I love it when they have a substantial amount of material and content that you know it just takes time to parse through and that sort of thing. But when it comes to Flameheart, for Steve and I, you know, we weren't really aware of what was happening. I think you and I were just deciding we wanted to try out some Sea of Thieves. Well, we haven't seen we hadn't seen that video yet. Exactly. We we hadn't seen that video at all. And we were we were literally just kind of doing our Sea of Thieves thing, going on little quests and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden we noticed that flaming amber colored, as you put it, skull in the sky. And we decided to go investigate, take a look at it, not having any kind of idea as to, to what that could possibly be. So we were definitely surprised when we came up to it and it started to talk to us. And I think this is one of the most rewarding aspects for the two of us is this is the first time in the game where you have a voice actor who's actually giving a lot of personality and character to this, this um, you know, essentially boss. Right. Instead of just like interacting with somebody and then like either grunting or going, hello. And then you're reading a paragraph after that and they don't say another word. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very bizarre too when you think about it because like when I'm playing the N Nintendo Switch, they have a, a much more limited amount of space that they can cram all their goodness into. And so it makes sense because when, you, when you're playing a Switch title, that's kind of the norm, right? Like they'll have a character and they'll have like some brief little audio bite or whatever just to kind of give a little hint of like what this character may sound like and that's about it you're reading the rest of whatever dialogue is being said so it's surprising to me that in Sea of Thieves this seems to be one of the, the portions of the game that I feel has been rather overlooked would you agree? yeah definitely especially in a game like this where personality actually plays a, a, a pretty substantial role in the game itself. The whole game is brimming with personality, so it's bizarre to me that they skimped on that, especially considering that the game has now been out for about two or three years. I, would, I think three years is probably more accurate. And we really haven't had any of that going on. So what did you think of, in terms of Flameheart, like when he was speaking and whatnot, did you like the animations? Did you like the, the style of the voice acting? Yeah, I liked everything about it. I mean, it was it was haunting that I heard a voice other than our own in the game say sentences and phrases and not just grunts. I'm like, man, this... I, but at the same time, it was, it was, it was great, but it, it was like... How do I how do I want to say it? It should have always been there, and so hearing it was not crazy good. It was just oh man, finally there's a voice in the game, and now it sounds cool. It, I don't think it would have sounded as cool if everybody had a voice, and we were used to people talking and interacting all with the, the NPCs. And so if we went to Flameheart and he spoke, it would, it would be like ah oh, okay here we go. But but since everybody's pretty much mute. And then you have somebody who just regularly talks to you. It was amazing. Yeah. 
I totally agree. I think that it wouldn't, it would not have had the impact that it had. Um, if, like you said, if, if all characters had voices and everything else, it would still be enjoyable, but it wouldn't have that, like, whoa. Because we were talking about how it gave us chills, like, listening to him constantly. He didn't have just a few words. I mean, right. he, was, he was pretty chatty. He was yeah. a chatty Kathy up there floating in the sky. So one of the other things I thought was really neat is the ghost ships themselves have a really neat aesthetic in the sense that First of all, when you when you shoot them, the the way that you see the damage appear is very ethereal, has that that very kind of ghosty quality to it. Also, too, I like the idea of how the ships would just kind of go through our ship. Like, right, like there wasn't like that battering ram kind of situation that we've kind of grown accustomed to in the in the game. And I mean, is it fair to say that? our ship still sustains damage if one of the ghost ships goes through it or not? Because I couldn't tell. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it did. But I, but also, there was enough damage that they were doing. <laughs> Otherwise, there's so many other ships. I mean, you're, you're getting attacked by multiple ships, like three or four at a time. And so I think if you ran into one, I don't think you would do damage to it and it would not do damage to you. But that's because you have three to four other ships constantly shooting at you, lighting your ship on fire. And so if you're just a little sloop where one person is manning the cannons and is trying to steer and man the sails, and that means the one other person in your crew has to continually do repairs and pail out water yeah. so you can stay afloat. Yeah. And so I think if, if uh, in that regard... If they ran into you and you sustained damage, it would just be too much and not not nearly as fun. Because then you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the other things that, that struck me was when we were in pursuit of these various ghost ships, I love the idea of how they were dropping those gunpowder barrels behind them. And so that really introduced kind of a, a new method to the, the AI combat. Because even when, when you're, say, squaring off uh, against a, a player you don't really have that happen all that often. Like I, I would say every once in a while, like, like I remember times where um, a ship was pursuing us and we actually would do that on rare occasion where we would drop a, a gunpowder barrel into the water. But I think more often than not, we would actually just hold onto the barrel and try and jump onto the, their ship and it, make it explode that way. Anyway, I thought it was neat that they, they added that in. And I think we actually got pretty far because, just like the video was talking about, the the goal of that particular feature is you want to try and sink, like, the main captain ship, so to speak. And right. that did um, arrive. Like, we were down to three ships. It was his ship and then two that were flanking it. And unfortunately, we, we were in his sloop and we just... Uh, got taken out but i must say i think we did pretty well all things considered uh with only two of us being in a sloop taking on all the other ships that were in the area i thought that was that was pretty cool yeah one of the things that i noticed in, in the the video is they were talking about how you can talk to that one uh pirate guy who's in the pub i can't duke. remember duke thank yeah. you thank you steve and i it sounds like that's how you can activate flameheart and I, um, I, I, at least that, that was my understanding of it because we tried to go again against Flameheart last night. And I don't know if the Xbox servers were having an issue or what the deal was, but we could never get Flameheart to actually materialize despite coming across like a 
really large fleet of ghost ships. Well, did you talk to Flameheart the first time? Or Flameheart. Did you Duke? talk to Duke the first time we played? I did not. I did not either. I think that the... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess and just say that Rare probably set it up in such a way where they wanted that to kind of materialize automatically the first time so you get that experience. And then after that, then you have to go and, and speak to Duke in order to, to get that to reactivate again. I could be wrong. It may, maybe it'll manifest itself on a, on a random basis. I have no idea. What do you think of the pets? Well, Russ, I... It's hard to say what I think and not think about them because I don't know one. You just have to look at them through the video. And from there, they just look kind of standard like decorations. Yeah, there's not a particular pet that is particularly appealing to me. I, I look at all three of them like, eh. Like it's, it's not like, oh man, I can't wait to get that. I, I'm, I was kind of hoping for a bit more personality, I think, into the pets themselves. What I think is if they were going to introduce pets... I think they should also have put in the pets as wildlife on the islands. Oh, that's a good idea. Because when you're walking around, you still hear like birds chirping and stuff. Right. And you're always kind of wondering, okay, I hear that thing. Where is it in the tree? I'd like to see some more wildlife. And if I look down, I see snakes and chickens and pigs. But it would be also nice to see like if you're on a outpost, like the, the random rummaging cat, you know, feline looking for a mouse or something kind of wander by because that's just atmosphere. Or if you look up in a tree, there'll be like a monkey or something. You might throw a coconut down or like if you're just walking around, you'll see a coconut fall. You look up, but there's the monkey light right there, you know, or you might see a nice pretty looking parrot. I think that'd be awesome. And then they would have other merchant stuff where you could go out and you would have to capture these, these different animals and turn them in and uh, get some money for them. But then if you wanted to buy one for, of course, your own little ship pet, you could. I think that's a really great idea because it plays right into the idea of discovery. The, right. the game is all about the, the yeah. discovery mechanics. And I think it'd be that much more rewarding where, it, like, say, for instance, you're on, like, uh, I don't know, some gold hoarding quest, right? You're not even trying to look for it, but then you just happen to stumble upon some sort of rare animal that is not a pig or a snake or chicken, anything like that. And you're like, whoa, what is that? And you have the option to use some sort of cage or something to, to uh, trap it and then tame it. I think that would be rewarding. And that would definitely be something that would break up kind of the, the standard loop that the game has of, of going and you know doing the Order of Souls or the gold or the merchant, that sort of thing. And instead developing more of this bonding relationship with the pet, perhaps like you could level the pet up, right? where suddenly you could unlock certain abilities that the pet could do for you, acting as kind of a, an assistant. Yeah, flying out to the uh, to the water to grab you some whatever the item is in yeah. the barrel. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I liked also in the video when they were talking about how they have added a substantial amount of uh, shanties. Right. And so that's really cool. Uh, we haven't even looked at that yet. At least I haven't. We didn't. We just kind of stumbled upon it because I looked in the inventory wheel and saw I had a banjo. Mm -hmm. And I have a banjo before. I just had the hurdy-gurdy. Oh, wow. So you didn't... I thought you bought the banjo. I didn't buy the banjo. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I want to be able to go back into that menu and see just all the different uh, musical options that are available because, like, once again, having more of that content makes 
it feel like there's more meat on the bone of the game. Right. I think it's a lot of fun. And especially when you combine that with the idea that now you can catch ships on fire, which that is not part of the, the Haunted Shores. That's actually probably been in there, I think, since the, the previous content update. But again, I am just marveling at the amount of stuff they have added into the title itself. I think that um, there's there's just a lot more hustle and bustle going on, and I'm really glad that they have included these AI components because now you have you have the the undead skeleton ships with their green and blue lights that you can take on. You have the ghost ships as well. You have additional um, types of quests that you can do. I know that that you and I haven't finished all of the quests that Duke has for us. Um, and even the pirates that you come across, it's nice to see that, that you have different types of, of pirates that are marooned on different islands that you can talk to. But again, I want them to have voices. And I think that this is a strong testament to Flameheart where if, if they all had some sort of robust personality behind each one of the characters, I think it would really like motivate me to want to go and, and discover all these different pirates and personalities and see what can happen. Not to mention it'd be great if they weren't just marooned on islands. Maybe you'd have quests where they join you on your ship and become an AI companion for like a temporary amount of time where until you get shot down. Well, I was going to say like, even, <laughs> even if you go into battles, like they could help you out. They could like, you <laughs> yeah. know, man the cannons or they could they have um, impeccable aim. You're like, yes. <laughs> Or like, you know, if if uh, you have another crew that's trying to board you and take you out, which, by the way, that's another talking point that I wanted to talk about, which is when we were playing uh, a couple of nights ago, I all of a sudden, like, I, I remember I was en route to you because our ship had sank. And so I was trying to, to return and you, I think you were in the dinghy and that sort of thing. I was in the dinghy. Plus, I had all our gold and our loot. So I'm en route. And then all of a sudden... There is some other player that happened to be on the ship. And I'm thinking, how on earth did this person get on the ship? Like there's, I have, I didn't come across anybody. I think there was like a galleon at one point that was like in the distance. It wasn't even close to me at all or anything, but anyway, they ended up um, just, just killing me over and over and over again. So we ended up having to scuttle the ship to get rid of them. But I'm thinking, how on earth did they actually get on the sloop. I have no idea. They're probably, they probably, their ship went down and they probably had a similar situation. Maybe they were in a galleon or a brig and they were on the island and either got tired of waiting for their friend and then thought, oh, let's, there's, there's someone else here who generated, like the, sh the ship just generated. We can just steal their ship and go back to where we were. We not have to uh, wait for our friend to get here. I don't know, whatever. It's bizarre. The only thing I can think of is when the when the sloop respawned because it respawns always next to an island maybe they just happen to be on the island and, yeah. and then it comes up and they just but but again if that was the case they could have just started sailing away like that's the other thing that's weird is you know if if that happened they could have put the sails down they could have started sailing but they didn't like i went to the boat and i got in and then I, and another thing is as i didn't see them appear for a while like i think i was about halfway between where the boat spawned and where you were before they all of a sudden materialized and took me out well i also think that when you play the game when you just start to play the game you're kind of stalking up the ship and you're kind of getting psyched up to do whatever you're going to do but when you're kind of winding down the game, like you're, you're done with your quest and you've turned in your stuff and whatever. If something random pops up, 
you'll do whatever just because you know you're going to stop yeah. playing anyway. I mean, we've done that plenty of times where we would. I remember specifically once we were play, we were playing with Big Baby Moose. We had turned in our stuff and we were just chatting and like looking through the inventory of stuff to buy. And then a galleon showed up out of nowhere. And their guys started coming off to turn stuff in. And then we just turned, we went from like the good guys of, you don't steal our stuff. We don't steal your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, let's just do it. See what happens, you know? And so <laughs> like we went on into, into full thief mode and we're blowing them away and grabbing their stuff. And it was a full on war Yeah, and it was hilarious and it was fun. And then after that we were done playing, but we, <laughs> but we got a couple more, you know, loot a couple bits of loot and some chests and stuff i mean some good decent sized stuff and then we were done so they probably went why would they do that and i don't know what happened they were just there they generated it from something you know it could have been that too yeah so uh do you have any other concluding thoughts when it comes to the latest content drop well russ only i thought i have is that it's july and we're getting really close to november and they better drop a big boatload of goodies. And if not, just a resolution boost or a detail boost when the new systems comes out. Because that's going to be nice. I have a feeling that they probably will have something that will take advantage of the Xbox Series X, considering it's a first-party title. I would be pretty surprised if they didn't have some sort of, I don't know, little little graphics update for it. What it always looks like when they have these videos, that they're, sh they're probably showing you the video on a PC, not necessarily an Xbox. Right. And so with the PC, you know, they they probably they could boost the graphics a bit more. It, I'm here to tell you, I was playing it a little bit on my PC for the first time, and there is a noticeable difference. Yeah. Like the graphics just I mean the, the style of the game has always been really cool. It's been really appealing. We've we've marveled at it several times over the, the years that we've been playing it. But when I was playing it on PC, you know, you have that 4K resolution and you have all the sharper texture resolutions. It's amazing how much of a difference that does in fact make. It really does make the game even more immersive as a result. And I think when it comes to the Xbox Series X and like you have a 4K TV. That is correct. I think you would uh, be enjoying yourself quite a bit. Yeah. You know, one other thing I have to say, Russ, they put in more fish. Oh. They put in more fish in the game, and that's nice because you can just drop a line in the water, and if you're nowhere special, you and you'd probably catch a splash tail and another splash tail and up another splash tail. Now you can catch multiple fish, Russ. And I know it's something simple to say, but when you enjoy the fishing and the cooking of fish like me, it's nice. I will say, if I had a critique. I want there to be other types of enemies in the game because they keep kind of going back right. to the same skeleton enemy. Right. And I, I'm all for going to like the, what, what are they called? The skull forts or whatever. Right. Um, I think that that is a lot of fun to do. And I like Flameheart. I think it's cool to have like some sort of supernatural undead pirate captain and everything else. I think, I think those things are really fun. But when I think of like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, one of the things I thought was great was you had Davy Jones and you had these very creative, imaginative characters that were humanoid, but like they were definitely from the deep sea. Uh, and I think it would have been really cool perhaps in the future for them to, to start introducing more enemy classes, have different species of enemy that I think would make the, the, the whole gaming experience that much more rich. 
You know what, though? We haven't even talked about the Wraith cannons. That is very that true. is awesome. Yes. It is. It definitely uh, sends chills down your spine a bit. Like when you have a narrow miss or maybe it comes right at you and nails your ship. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's some like screaming banshee, like it's a huge head. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what in the world is happening? It's it was it was fun to hear our responses to a lot of what was going on, whether it was Flameheart speaking or yeah, like the banshees themselves, or the, the sheer volume of ghost ships. I know you were like, arrest. What are we doing? We're in a sloop. Like I, I know your your, uh, your butthole started to pucker there, Steve. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any other thoughts, Steve? Not yet, Red. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. We thank you for hanging out with us, as always. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. Also, we invite you to leave a rating and review if you're listening to us on iTunes or YouTube. Those types of things are always appreciated. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Happy 4th of July. <laughs>